When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you can't just charge a dollar for every random thought you have. Hey, Jess. Hey. (laughs) So, you know, I was laughing because you sent me this email. I honestly, I opened it up and here's the headline, people. Ramit's attitude about podcasting means he's a jack. <laughs> oh, this is going to be an explicit episode. Ruh row. Ruh row. So, um, so yeah, I was like, what? And so, of course, I had to figure out why she said that. This Jessica girl. So, there's this uh, article on I will teach you to be rich.com, which is Ramit Sati's, um, website and if you don't know Ramit he's like a pretty well-known figure in the financial space I would say he's been in that area for a while hence the I will teach you to be rich Um, obviously that shows some sort of knowledge in terms of finances and um, so there's this blog post and it's called stop being cheap and go buy something valuable today Mm-hmm. And he starts. Exactly. <laughs> so he starts <laughs> talking. He actually begins this conversation, or he, or he was instigated into creating this podcast. I mean, sorry, this article because of podcasting. Because he told some of his people that he was considering doing a podcast, but he was considering charging for the podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. what he says was. Um, Well, he starts off by saying, I'm so tired of hearing about young people sabotaging themselves by being cheap. Then he goes on to say, I mentioned in an I Will Teach You To Be Rich chat that um, he's been getting lots of requests to do a regular podcast, but it's a lot of work to do a really good one. So he's been playing with the idea of charging for them. And the response in the chat was, don't charge. It feels punitive. How can we pay to learn about saving money? Um, if you charge, the quality of material would need to match the fee. Um, some people said, please don't charge. I have college debt to pay for. I mean, Susie Ormond doesn't charge. Therefore, Ramit shouldn't charge. Well, Susie's first of all already doing a show. That's just a, that's just a, um, I think that's her podcast is, I think, a replay of a radio show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which which Ramit doesn't have. Hello. But, um. (laughs) But no, so what bugged me about it was that, was not that, um, like, okay, he, he was annoyed because he was like, he wanted to smash the screen at how stupid their reasons were as to why he shouldn't charge. And I agree, those aren't good reasons. But then he goes on to say, I mean, just the fact that his attitude is that people are cheap and won't invest in themselves as if his content is the investment that we're making in ourselves. Which is like classic coach, like you need my help and you need to pay extra for it because it will 
mean that you're more committed. Is that a bambino? Yeah, that she's squealing over here. I'm trying to keep her quiet, and she feels that she's going to... beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep her quiet. Keep going, Tess. I'm listening. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just that, um, y- you know, take conscious control of your spending. Um, here are some of the things I've spent money on. Um, a subscription to Before and After Magazine so I can improve my design skills, a subscription to Rhapsody Music Service. Like, this isn't, you know, it's, and then he goes, you know, the point's not to brag about how I spend money. Um, when, the, when he says, let's get real here, assuming the podcast is worth paying for, then you need to think about whether or not it's an investment or a simple cost. Like, he thinks his content is automatically an investment. Hmm. automatically. Like, in other words, like, why aren't we just paying for his blog while we're at it? Because his knowledge is so valuable that we should invest in ourselves in order to read what he has to say or listen to anything he has to say. I mean, we all know it's, a, it's an effort to pull up, especially people who are listening to this. We know it's an effort to put out a show. And none of us that I know of are charging for it because it leads to other ways that you make income hopefully mostly right right? yeah and we just talked about that in you know like episode number six where we talked about all the different ways to get in quotes donations and monetize certain parts of your podcast you know so you can put it behind the paywall now you know what kind of bothered me at first about this wasn't necessarily the message but it was this. So you just, you said that same sentence. Well, he said, you know, that when well, you opened it up where he says, see, I've been getting lots of requests to do a regular podcast, but it's a, it's a lot of work to do a really good one. That's why I've been playing with the idea of charging for them. And it was them that made mm. me think that he doesn't quite know what a podcast is. Oh, <laughs> or, you know, I, so I, I was like, what is that? I think he means per episode. Well, we'll see, this is what I'm saying. So this just makes me, this is just really making me picky about semantics because, okay, so here's the thing. A podcast is a series of media files that are delivered via an RSS feed. Right. That's what a podcast is. Kind of like a TV show series, (laughs) right? So you have a show and then you have episodes that go with that show. Right. So podcasts with an S would mean several individual Shows. Shows. That's right. Exactly. AKA, right? right? Those shows. And so each of them have a series of media files as part of each. So in order for you to charge for if he meant per episode, then dude, that's just like getting an audio file and putting it behind a paywall and then charging for it. That's not a podcast. That's just a product. Right. 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 On iTunes. It's just a product on iTunes. Well, he doesn't even mention iTunes. He just says he's, he, that's what I'm saying. I think that there's some kind of disconnect here in terms of what he thinks a podcast is and what it's not. And you can't, well, yeah, there are ways that you can um, put your episodes for sale in iTunes. I'm going to talk to Grant back. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because even in the last, even in the last paragraph, he said, this isn't even about my hypothetical podcasts. Right. right. And so he's just talking about. He doesn't. Who knows what he's even talking right. about? Right. I think right. it's like people confuse podcast with with audio file all the time. 
And this yeah. is what makes me crazy. So yeah, he could deliver a podcast behind a paywall, just like, you know, we talked about Don McAllister does that. There's actually a private RSS feed that he has set up. So if you are a premium subscriber to Screencast Online, if you go into iTunes and you, and you press it, in order for you to get all of his episodes, there's a little pop-up thing that comes up in iTunes that says you need a password to access this RSS feed. He has set that up so that you need to have a password in order to access it. Now, if he, if Ramit wants to do that and have his team create that, that's cool because then he's going to be able to charge for them. That's a lot of work. And I actually don't know how, how Don has done that right, <laughs> where the right. little pop-up comes up. Right. So in terms of that's what got me really confused because it's just, if he wants to just charge for audio files, then he can do then that. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's just uh, not a podcast. Yeah. Those are just audio files. I just, think, I just think he thinks that, it's hilarious that he thinks that each post and each episode will have some kind of answer that's worth paying for. So, like, there's this guy who commented on the um, blog post that said, um... Desperate people spend money on something only to be disappointed. It doesn't fix their problem. You have to be very careful that you clearly explain. Podcasts don't have all the answers. Investments take a long time to build. Case in point, once I spent $40 on a new exercise outfit thinking it would spur me to go to the gym, it didn't. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> and it, but that is the point. That is the right. point to me. Right. Like, Rami thinks, you know, pay for my ex. And it will fix your why because I'm so smart. Everything I do will fix your problems, but it doesn't work that way. And just like his blog on his podcast, I can guarantee you all he's going to be doing is pontificating about the ethics and morals of what people should or shouldn't be doing. That's not an answer to a problem. That's his very arrogant opinion about things. I right. Think. I, you know, he, Ramit does have a pretty decent following already. He's so very smart. And, I know and yeah, and he is very smart. I actually, I have his book. I have an app of his. I bought the app. They have, he has this really cool app that, the um, you to be rich app. Or? Well, no, it's really neat because it's how to get, uh, how do you say it? You know, when people charge overcharge you, like the cable company or credit card companies are like, you know, uh, charging you for uh, being late or yes. your interest oh, yeah. rate goes up and mm-hmm. or whatever, the, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he yeah. has a negotiation app. So oh, you buy okay. it and then it tells you how, like how to negotiate your best, the best deals for like cell phones, for cable bills, for um, late payments, for uh, interest rates and all that stuff. And it tells you step by step how to, how to respond to people on the phone. And it's very, co- it's actually very cool. You know, stereotypically, that's right on point. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, my husband, and I don't mean to be like a jerk, but yeah. like my husband works right. in technology, he works for Comcast, and he hires a um, hundred and, you know, a million contractors. And he always comes home and goes, man, Indians are the best negotiators. And I was like, no kidding, man. I know they are. You there? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, yeah. I, thought I lost you for a second. Sorry. No. I got really quiet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so for yeah, so that's stere- like I said, stereotypically right on point for Ramin. And not it's this. awesome because that's the kind of stuff like I'm not good at at all. It's like if somebody says, "No, no, 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 this is a hundred dollars," I'd be like, "Okay." Whereas my grandma would be like, "Are you serious?" She would go like, "Oh, come on, you know that I, you know that I could I give you twenty five dollars right now." It's <laughs> like, "Grandma, I know." <laughs> what are you doing? Like I could never do that. 
<laughs> well, she she's she was really good at it, and I never developed that skill. So anything that has negotiation stuff for me is a genius. So anyway, he does have a lot as well. He has a lot of value to offer his audience, and he has a really big following. So I'm sure that there would be people that would pay for his stuff right away. The thing is that in order podcasting is like just a different medium. So if he wants to pay, usually, usually a good way to do it, and maybe he wants to try it differently, is just, you know, start building your audience and then have your back catalog as something that people pay for. Yeah. Even, you know, Dan Carlin who has like a gazillion Or PDFs or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, Dan Carlin releases three episodes a year of a podcast that's between three to four hours long. He's got the Hardcore History Podcast. And it's chock full of, like, incredible... It's it's an educational podcast. It's like, you know, history for... That's relevant for us now, right? So it's really, really, really popular. And all some of his past episodes, you can actually purchase in iTunes, I, I believe in the audio bookstore. And so the latest 10 episodes of his are available for free in his podcast. But if you fall in love with a guy, he's been podcasting since 2005, I believe. If you, you want the rest of the episodes, then you just purchase them. I think they're two ninety nine. each. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. You, know. you do something. Similar. You can you can edit out the stereotype comment that I made if you like. <laughs> no, I'm starting to regret it. <laughs> you're like right on point, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. All right. Um, no, I, I think you're right. There's a lot of ways that he could do it. He obviously doesn't know how to do it yet, and he would have to, I'm sure, pay someone, you know, to teach him how to do it. Most people do the clip class or the, um, you know, a bunch of different classes. Right. You can, and, you know, two different boy classes that they can take if they want to learn how to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He can They're go to the women's podcasting smart. school. This podcasting school for women. Yeah. No, he's not invited, <laughs> actually. Ramit's not invited because you have to have ovaries. So he doesn't. Count. Oh, right. Exactly. See that. <laughs> oh, my ovaries God. Ovaries required. You know, that should be my tagline ovaries required. <laughs> That's a good one. I know. Thanks. Um, So, okay. But you know what? There is a call to action to his post. There is a call to action. And it says, you know, this post isn't just about my hypothetical podcasts. Again, podcasts. Right. right. And it's not about going to buy that iPod Coke car you've really been wanting. It's about not being Jeep. It's about using your money strategically by realizing what's an investment and what is not. So here's what I want you to do. This week, go find something valuable you want to spend money on and then go buy it. Yes, I am telling you to go spend money on something you love and something that will benefit you in some way. So guess what I did? I took him up on it. You did? <laughs> yeah. And I went to spend some money on a new debate, debate cover for my girls and I mm-hmm. because we needed one and it's really cute. It's pink. <laughs> 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 and it makes me happy. So thank you, Rami. So thank you, Rami, for giving me the go ahead because I've been wanting this forever, and it's one of those things where I'm like, ugh. But it, the duvet that we have right now is just fine. It was just fine. It was just fine. The duvet that we had before was just fine. You know, it's fine. It's whatever. I mean, was it just like not making you happy to go to bed though? Because that's important. I know it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I kept looking at it, and I was like, oh, but it's just not attractive. Not the kind of attractive that I wanted. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and buy this pink one. And it was makes it makes me happy. So now I'm like, we have a pink cover. Yay. And it's really cute. And so I really love it. So anyway, 
So thanks, Remy, for giving me. That's what I did. I think it's really funny also that some people are commenting, if you're going to charge, you better up the value. I wouldn't pay for the content in this blog produced in a different medium. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, uh, but, it, but they're right. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you can't just charge a dollar for every random thought you have. If you're going <laughs> to charge for your podcast, and, and they're better. I mean, you you got to be like, you know, Keith and the girl, Mark Marin, Aisha Tyler, they better be flipping hilarious because you're a professional comedian. Or you better be like, it better be like a course. You better teach something in every episode, something genius and brilliant. Well, there's that X factor, Jess. There's the X factor of people just loving you. Loving you. You know, (laughs) loving you. (laughs) Because it's like these people with Keith and the girl, you know that there's people that have actually put on or like that have gotten tattoos of their lives on their bodies. You know, our local, I don't know, you probably don't get Philly Station because you're in Pittsburgh, but our local Philly Station, um, uh, MMR, WMMR, 93.3 WMMR, Philadelphia, and you guys can look it up. It's um, the Preston and Steve show It's because they have a podcast also. Yes, It's actually really popular, even for people who don't live in Philadelphia. Yes, it is. They love listening because it's hilarious. And same thing, people get tattoos of um they have they used to have tattoo tuesday where they would actually have someone come in and do one like during the show and you would have get to hear them scream it was actually hilarious but um anyway so yeah so yeah i totally get that um and you know where me he already doesn't really need to build it on he has an audience right. first of all his podcast will already sail to the top which is fine because that's what's cool about when you already have an audience and you start a podcast is that you don't have to really rep- building your audience you you're right it. and you and the thing is i i think that it's harder <laughs> I think that I, I like to think about podcasts as a delivery mechanism. Mm-hmm, me too. You know, instead of the thing. Because you can have the thing as well, and I really love to work with clients on the thing, you know, creating something that's awesome and unique and creative and all that fun stuff. But it, on its own, it's a fantastic mechanism a delivery mechanism for you, what you already existing, you have existing. So in that respect, it'll just give you so many more eyeball, eyeballs, earballs, earballs, <laughs> ear, yeah. what is in your ear? Eardrum, drum. Eardrums, a lot more eardrums <laughs> <laughs> for your work than, than any other medium. It's just a, it's a mechanism. It's a way you get stuff, right? Yeah. So in that respect, I think it's a, it's brilliant. And if you start to think about monetizing it right away, meaning having it behind a paywall from the get-go, then it it loses that magic of just being out for people to find it. I like so. to think of podcasting as hosting a, like a show. like a, um, I like to think of us as like Jimmy Fallon and another Jimmy Fallon <laughs> just sitting and talking while the audience like silently well, you know what? everything we say. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. And that's the other that's the other perspective. That's the kind of stuff that I adore, right? But in that respect, it's like it would be saying you have to pay every time you want to watch Jimmy Fallon, you have to give yeah, right. to ninety nine. And right. yeah, so- of course it might be brilliant, but at the fir- in the first like how many more people has he reached by putting bits and pieces of his stuff on YouTube, right? Oh how my many God, more people? Me, because I don't have time to look, watch a whole hour of his show, right. but I do. I do catch the highlights like on YouTube all the time. Yep. Right. Yeah. So and you know, here's another example of this. Ramit, let me just <laughs> school you for a minute. Um, so Howard Stern used to be syndicated for free. 
And, um, every, you know, and I listen to it every single day without fail. And if I wasn't working that day, I would still turn it on or turn on internet radio, listen to it. And then Howard got mad because he wasn't allowed to curse on syndicated, you know, syndicated morning time radio, which is true and probably good. But, you know, they would get annoyed about the little things he had to say. So he went to Sirius and guess who doesn't listen anymore? Me, because I don't want to pay $15 a month to do it. So I, I can't be the only one. I'm sure he lost listeners as a result of going to a paid format. And I'm not saying he actually, well, yeah, I mean, I guess they did make the conscious decision to do that so that they could have more creative freedom, and that's fine. But you do lose listeners. Hello, of course you're going to. Right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so take a page out of Howard Stern's book if you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think... Um, yeah, we might have covered that. We might have covered that enough <laughs> now. So shall we move on to maybe... What? What, what, shall we, what shall we broach next? Your call. I don't know. Should we bash somebody else in the face? Or <gasps> Why don't we, we just... do that? Let's go for it. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go over to a lovely article on Forbes that mm-hmm. um, I also got sent to you by you, Fancy. Um, you are All in con- one day. All it's in like one, one day. I was like, what in the heck is going on, Jess? So anyway. One day I decided to read, and this is what <laughs> happens to Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> so on, this is on Forbes, and this is the title. How to podcast, stop the pop-ups, how to podcast for profit, two million sales in, two y- in, in year two. Yep. With Entrepreneur on Fire, John Dumas. All right. So that's a title. John and Kate plus eight. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. That is, <laughs> that, those are their names. I love Kate. First of all, this whatever I say today has nothing to do with Kate, who <laughs> I absolutely adore. Oh, actually, I'm not even going to bash John. We're not bashing John at all on this. Oh, at all. I don't like John, actually. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. So this isn't about John. This right. is mostly, and, and, and I think my, my whole issue with this has to do with, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this, the, here, here we go. All right. So mind you, John Lee Dumas on Forbes, cool beans all yeah. the way around, right? Yeah. So here's what irks me. Here it is. Quotes. Well, well, yeah. Quote. Can you say what the, oh. all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Quote, quote, quote. So how did Dumas pull off his entrepreneurial feat? And even more importantly, how, how can, can others you, do it as well? Right. How Here's can the you scoop. do it too? End quote. Get ready for your $2 million, readers. Exactly. Here it comes. I don't like that. I don't like that either. And, and if you don't know John's story, she does illustrate some of it, um, but not all of it. I mean, she talks about how he kind of like he did law school and then he did corporate finance and then he started a tech startup and then he did um, corporate real estate. Um, but he also, oh, at 23, he was in, okay, he was in Iraq and um, he was an armor platoon leader and he served seven years, three in active duty and four in the army reserve, becoming a civilian at 26. That, and then he did law school and then he did, you know, and then he kind of like putzed around. Okay, but so um, so then it says like he he um, a friend oh he was spending a lot of time in his car because he's going to a commute and actually I've actually made fun of him 
to him about his like if you look on if you go on Entrepreneur on Fire and you look at his about like he has a video about his story and it has very sad music playing in the background like it's a ASPCA commercial with like beaten puppies <laughs> and and there's John in his car miserable driving from you know in a suit and tie from one place to another right it's hilarious I'm just like that's the saddest thing I've ever seen but because and I think it's meant to be that way but like to me it was almost a parody of the anyway it doesn't matter. I just, I thought it was very hilarious and I told him so. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, he was in his commute and he, and he ran out of podcasts and he was sad because he didn't have anything to listen to one day. And so he was like, you know, there has to be a way where, um, we could hear a show every day and not just once a week. And that's what inspired him to start Entrepreneur on Fire. Now, then it says the subscribership climbed. Um, and then, and then he became, you know, and then he was subscribership client. He launched a companion tool called the podcast matchmaker to align listeners with episodes that most match their interests and needs. Um, also he started podcasters paradise. That's really where a lot of his money comes from, but what they don't tell you. And then it says, can others do this as well? Dumas maintains that they can, which has led to his newest project, Podcasters Paradise, which is a community and set of resources to launch other budding founders and hosts. But wait, there's more that isn't printed here. And here's the important part. John, as I said, was in the army for seven years. That left him with a giant, fat bank account. Huge amount of money in the bank. So when he did quit, I don't want to say huge because it's I'm not counting his money, but he was very transparent about it on my show as to what he had when he started. If you want to listen to that episode, you can, but basically it was like in the six figures already low, but still he had a bank account. So he quit his corporate job. He hired three VAs to help him and he started his show. He's single. He has no children and he had no other responsibility because he had, he had no other business besides this podcast. So he had a nest egg to help him build it from scratch without having to sell something right from the beginning, without having to hustle right from the beginning, without having to figure out how to get listeners right from the beginning because he had money to spend on advertising and marketing, something that I think the average podcaster hopes to have soon. You know, like how, I mean, it took me a long time, first of all, to get an advertiser, but then also to be able to afford to pay for advertising, which I actually don't. But, you know, I can afford a Facebook ad now if I want. But he's also very transparent about what he spends every month. And it's like $3,000 a month in Facebook ads. That's how, um, it keeps, that's how it keeps growing. See, absolutely. And here's a, an, an another thing that you didn't mention. Sorry, that was a little ranty. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't. It was perfect. <laughs> it was time. You know, you mentioned all this stuff. Time is huge. Time, time to spend on this. Time and resources. Absolutely. Because a lot of us don't have, I mean, I'll tell you right now, just from my own, from Podcasting School for Women, those women start hoping to get enough for a VA. They do all of it themselves. And John does the editing. But, but like, if you'll notice in the show, if you do listen to the episode, I had to ask him three or four times, so what do you do all day, though? <laughs> like, right. You know, because he was just like, well... You know, a VA does this part, and then Kate does this part, and Kate's the marketing manager, which is awesome, and she's amazing at it. But so then I was like, okay, so then which part do you do besides, like, the interviews? 
And I know that he, he does interviews and then he gets interviewed, but also he enjoys doing the, the um, editing. And so he likes to do the editing of his own show, which is cool, I think. Um, I don't even know if he, I'm sh- assuming he still does it because that's the part he likes. Yeah, and I think that now with Podcasting Paradise, he's doing the Google, the like, does he do that? There's a lot of webinars. Yeah, yeah, webinars and stuff. And I I think that there's a lot of, he is the face, he's like the, yeah, he's the face of the company, if you will. He's like, you know, the the star, if you will, like the talent. He does a lot of webinars. He does a lot of education. He does webinars about podcasting and webinars about webinars now because he has something called Webinar on Fire. And they have a mastermind. I mean, he does have products that that they do, yes, but... They didn't have that when they first started. My point is, like, he says, it says in the article, John maintains that they can be just as, you know, he maintains that they can. Can others do this as well? Yes. Welcome to Podcaster's Paradise, where I give you not the tools to make $2 million during your podcast, because otherwise you'd be handing over, like, $100,000. Right. And three VAs, right? (laughs) Like, like that's, that's, it's unrealistic. And I think, and I think... Because of articles like this, new podcasters constantly are wondering, when can I have my first sponsorship? When am I going to make money? How soon before I can reach out to a sponsorship? Well, slow down, cowgirl, because you don't have an audience yet. You just launched. And you have to work your bootay off. I mean, a lot. And it is, who is it? Who was I listening to just the other day? Oh, it was... um, uh, Katie Kremitzo, she had that series of, uh, women in podcasting that she has been, um, that I was a part of, which was awesome. And I love to be on that show. And yes, so I she's having me on the show. Soon. She had, let me Better. see really quickly because I believe Super excited was this actually. it? No, come on. I gotta know what number this I'll, is. I'll just fill the dead air by saying that while we've been doing this, I have folded an entire load of laundry. Oh, okay. Oh, so fantastic. Oh, this is great. Yeah, you're, you're multitasking, multi-podcasting tasking. That's fantastic. I'm doing it right now. You okay. know, a lot of times when I do my show, I'll also say like, so that I don't get distracted and start reading stuff, I'll paint my nails <gasps> while I'm interviewing someone because it helps me listen to them. That's, yeah. you know what? You're totally right because that's exactly what that's a, we should have some of those tools. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, it was Biz, Biz Women Rock because she just rebranded oh, yes. to Biz Women Rock. Yes. Um, episode number 61 and it's with Esther Kiss. Mm-hmm. And she mentions that. Also, it's basically. I've never met her in person, but she looks very beautiful. Actually. She does, right? And, and you know, she does the whole, Slammers. the whole six, I think it's six days a week show thing business she has a co-host and everything yes but you know off the cuff it was so funny how in the middle of the interview there was some there was a set where she goes oh well this is like a full-time job just marketing the show i mean she's 100 percent right if you can't automate your marketing well that just goes on that's again a whole nother show yeah but like if you can't automate your marketing you are drowning especially if you have an interview show if you can't automate your marketing and your scheduling, which we talked about in the workflow episode, but mm-hmm. like you, you're drowning. I was drowning, and I have two shows a week. Right, and could you imagine that? I mean, just thinking about that, like I for the feed, what I do, you know, whenever I have two week break, well, not a two week break. I basically, you know, I record and I do the stuff, I launch it, and then I have a week of promotion for that episode every day. I have tweets every single day, four times a day that go out about that show specifically different tweets, different, you know, obviously things work better than others and it's not the same. It's not like I'm doing the same thing. It's all tagging people and all kinds of stuff. An entire week of that, of promoting that podcast for a whole week. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so, it's, 
it's a lot. I mean, it's thinking a lot. If, if you have two, like, oh my God, if you had six, I don't even know how I could, I could do justice to yeah. be able to market each, each one of those episodes. So I know that it takes a ton of work to be able I, to do something like that. I do not want to like pull the, like, like unleash the man behind the curtain necessarily. It wasn't this, you know, like me sending you this article and talking about it on this show wasn't meant for me to be like, John Lee Dumas exposed. <laughs> it was really, I really just want to be clear, especially for women that his success is, um, is amazing, but also he set it up that way. Um, in ways that women with families and businesses may not be able to do. That's that's what I wanted to show. That that when you look at an article like this and you see, oh my God, this guy's making two hundred grand a month. It's be, it's a lot of that is because he had it like a sort of. I like to think of it as like a running start. And then like and there's and he's very um, transparent about his download numbers and his webinars and stuff like that. And I used to have like the way people used to say we- like website shame. I would have download shame until I realized, like, men don't, aren't going to listen to my show, ever. Right. And <laughs> and only 25% of people who listen to podcasts are women. So basically, I can only ever hope to have, at best, 25% of his download numbers, ever. And so then I have to realize, okay, well, maybe, you know, 1000 a week isn't bad. Hey. Hey, you know, you know and here, here's something that... It's okay. not 50,000 an episode, but whatevs. Right. And it also <laughs> depends... You know? you know what? It, it depends on, on your niche. That's the whole thing. It's like, I got my too. podcast, LC's Yoga Class, up to over 100,000 uh, a month. I had $5,000 days. But it also... $5,000 days. But also, it's not your, your show specifically, and a lot of shows from listener, you know, they're not... Um, they're not women specific. And so, and like mine is women, oh, right. lady business radio. But so, mind like, you, so dudes can listen to yours. But Jess, if you break down je- yoga, yoga is primarily women. That's true. I mean, from the get go, yoga is primarily media. Yes, I do have men that listen hey, to my podcast. Absolutely. Guys out there who like yoga. Yeah, absolutely. There are guys out there that like yoga. I'm absolutely. So today. I'm very sorry. But the majority, you know, all you're right, I, you're right. There you're was right, a time right. when I was getting 5,000 downloads a day, which blew my mind. And I missed that opportunity because I wasn't even checking my stats. The only reason I found that out is because I just looked, not just, but a few months ago, I looked at my stats yeah. in years back and I'm like, oh my God, I was famous. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know it. You but know, here, yeah, you are, fa- you are famous. I, I have something to say, to share now. So there's a quote that I heard Stephen J. Dobner who is the author of Freakonomics and his current Think Like a Freak book, which I adore. He is a co-author of those books in his interview with Tim Ferriss. And he says, quote, most of the people that are very successful are anomalous for one reason or another, end quote. So what happens is when we see success, right, when we see something like this article, our immediate inclination is to want to copy it or mimic it. Mm-hmm. And you don't see all the elements that are, are like randomness and luck that are specific mm-hmm. to that person, which are really the X factor behind that success. Mm-hmm. So what he says, so Mr. Dobner says that it's really about modeling it instead of modeling people's successes. He thinks if you can look this is quote, quote, if you can look at the mistakes and the things that don't work 
it's easier to avoid the terrible things than it is to try to do the amazing things, end mm-hmm. quote. And the other thing that I love about that is the fact that what happens when you start to copy somebody else's success and you're looking for a formula to follow in order to do whatever, you know, especially the way that it, that it, this is presented, you do these things, you do these interviews, you do this that many times and you will get X, right? Mm-hmm. Modeling it like that. It takes away from your own creative thoughts. It takes mm-hmm. away from your own self. It makes you not think about what possibilities are for you because you immediately think you give away the power of it. And that's what makes me crazy because maybe that interview show doesn't fit you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't fit me. I don't want to talk to people. I like to talk to one person <laughs> like you, like uh, in all honesty. like it's I over. am now more honored than I was. <laughs> no, I'm like that kind of person. I'm like the one-on-one relationship girl. Like that's who I am. I like to go, oh, I'm going to talk with Jess. I feel comfortable. That's great. I like to talk to Rob on the phone. I know Rob. I totally dig Rob, my other co-host in the feed. I, I love being with him. You know, I think he's awesome and we have a really great rapport. I love that. I don't. I don't want to do interviews. I mean, I do interviews for shows when they ask me to be in them, but I don't want to go out and find people. I'm the same way when I'm at a party. I don't want to talk to anybody. If you want to come talk to me, find me. I just feel totally, like I'm just, that's not me. It's just, it feels like totally dissonant. So an interview show is just not my thing. Yeah. So anyway. I love it. Honestly, I think I'm much funnier when I talk to someone else than if I'm by myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm just ranty. And I've tried, like, stand-up comedy where it's just me. And I know I'm not nearly as funny as if I'm talking to somebody else. Especially someone like you are a particularly good co-host for me because um, you're very serious and passionate. And that's easy (laughs) for me to make fun of. (laughs) So, like... (laughs) So like for me, but, but a lot of the people, and actually sometimes it's even a game for me when I'm interviewing someone, the more serious they are, like, can I make them laugh? If I can make her laugh, like it's almost like a challenge and it's not even relevant to what we're talking about, but it just is like, if I can make, you know, Kelly, I had Dr. Kelly Edmonds who I, does she have a, I don't even know. I think she's going to start one soon. She is an instructional designer, three degrees in education, 20 years of experience in academia, college professor, the whole nine yards. And I was like, I can make this girl laugh. I'll be happy today. Oh, my God. That's all. <laughs> she's, well, she's actually, she's Canadian. So she, she's very, she's very polite and she was very sweet and nice. But like, yeah, the interview works for me much better. Yeah. I need, I need like a member to, I need like a clay to mold while I'm doing it. Cause I feel like it helps me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, it's so funny how that totally works that way because I don't feel like that whatsoever. Like, I mean, I, I love to talk with you and with my, like I said, very specific people. I would get on the phone, my friend Kate on the phone too, when we like mastermind together on the phone. It's like, mm-hmm. I'd rather, I, it's another thing. It's like I'm finding a mastermind for me is working now just with one person. Just she and I, that's yeah. it. We are, that's it. Instead of, and I've been that's part of like larger masterminds, like three, not, not larger as in like three people. And even three was a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I was a part of a larger mastermind, which was like 10 of us, which mm-hmm. was fine as well. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I was, I was getting what I wanted from it. And this one-on-one thing is like, I don't know, it totally works for me. So. Oh no, see when it comes to my business, I, I think I might prefer one-on-one because I get, I get distracted in a group similar for a similar reason. I don't get what I need out of a group because I'm too busy helping them. I want to be the, I want to have the answers. I want to be the solution. Even if I'm not the teacher, 
I want to be able to help my fellow strugglers and then I don't, I'm not always forthcoming with my own struggle and then I don't get help and then I get nothing out of the mastermind. Whereas a one-on-one, I've paid you, so now I want answers. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm totally, yeah, I'm you know, right there with totally you. Yep. Different. It's a totally different thing. Yep. Like, I, like I've given you this amount of money and now you have to fix my life. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, that's, and I, I honestly, I'm just selling one-on-ones right now. And that's honestly what I, f- how I feel I'm going to deliver. Tell right. me your problem. You and I will fix it because you're going to pay me to do so. I, right. I feel the same way delivering as I do paying. I'm, I hear you, man. It's yeah, like, it's, I, I know I, you do too. I totally, that's like where I'm, I'm in the zone on that stuff. I love that. But yeah, let's get back to you're doing that too. Aren't you? We're just like, we've, we've just gone away to something different. I'm sorry. But we're coming it back. So I'm, I'm going to wrap it up in a nice little well, bow here. okay. Yeah. Okay, so basically, what I feel about this article, so feel this article could do is, is put an idea into people's head that podcasting is, is a gold mine mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it rel- and it's relatively easy to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took two, John two years, so why can't it be me? But it takes away from your own creativity, your own problem-solving problem skills in your own way to leverage and expand your strengths. There. Oh. Oh, ta-da. Hi, I little baby. That. I love that. Was, that. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, my God. Yes, I agree. I think that his article is, I think it shows what's possible for him, but not everyone. And so I think if you do read stuff like podcasting will be the answer for you and you're just starting or you're wondering why that isn't you, don't compare yourself to other podcasters with different um, setups and different life choices and different experiences that you're doing the best with what you have. And, and if, if you do need help monetizing or ideas, you can always post in the She Podcast community about what you do and how you can monetize. And Elsie and I, as far as, and also 350 other women, will be happy to help you. How many women are in there now? Let's look, Elsie. There's, there's not 350 yet, but I'm sure they will be. Oh, they see. We just have a little bit less to go. But you're right. That's a great way to start the conversation. And if you guys have any questions about what we've talked about, if you have any comments and we kind of like irked you with some of the things we said today, do yeah. send us some audio feedback because we'd love to play it and we'd love to address whatever issues. I mean, we're not the only people, obviously, that are have opinions about these things. And um, for both Ramit, you know, and thinking about how about, mon- you know, paying for a podcast right off the get-go. What do you think about what Ramit had to say in terms of, of getting money? And, and Ramit, if you're listening to this, I know you're going to ream us. <laughs> Honestly, if he's going to go off. Ream- I feel the thing I could have possibly urged someone with the most was the stereotypical Indian negotiating thing. <laughs> but like, you know, like I'm very admir. I, I mean, I admire that skill. Hey, and also Israelis well, too, by the way. Are and, well, I right, think now I'm just now I'm just no. You're not going everybody. to because I have. In all honesty, I believe that it could. Well, should I step my foot in it with you as well? And please, to, okay. you, please. So I think it's like just people of color. Because no. in wh- where I was raised, in, and I'm talking people of color, every color that's not white. <laughs> well, because you're Hispanic. Because, yeah, when I was, like, raised, color. we would go over to, you know, every time we would go over to, to the super, the, the outdoor supermarket with my grandma, oh, my God, it was, it was like the women would come in and be like, oh, come here, little girl, come here, come and get our blankets. And I was yeah, always like, oh, my God. Stuff. And my grandmother would just sit there and negotiate with these women. 
and get like these really inexpensive stuff and she would refuse to give them the money they were asking for. Yeah. And I was always like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. it was, it's just part of the deal. You're totally onto something because both in Israel and in India, they have very high pressure outdoor markets. Yeah. And you're right. The negotiating skill there, you, I mean, you have to have it or you, you just do. get robbed. <laughs> Those are the exactly, that's how I was yeah. raised. You know, it was yeah. funny how you could totally negotiate right. almost every price everywhere. You never pay, paid for the prices that were, were on the whatever was being sold ever unless you were a tourist. And so, and that's what I've experienced in so many outdoor markets, particularly Latino cultures are constantly being able to like negotiate stuff down. Even when you go, when we would go get our uh, manicures and pedicures with my grandma, she would always be like, oh, you can give us a, a, it's five of us going today. So how about you just give it to us for X amount? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to hear something funny really quick that's completely off topic? Uh You can totally edit it out if you want. But um, one time I was doing a website for a nonprofit called, um, it was something of color. It was probably like, it was basically a, a nonprofit that helped people of color match up with board positions on in nonprofit organizations because they were trying to, and they were asked to often even out, you know, board members on different organizations. So like the Girl Scouts, for example, like they would pair up like a, a person of color with the Girl Scouts board of directors or whatever. And so, and so the person who hired me told me, you know, he, he wants it to, he wanted the website to look like it was more than just African-American people, that there were other types of color that they would help. So any person of color. So then, so then I stupidly say, well, what about Jews? And they were like, and this was at the board, at a board meeting. And I was like, okay, so Asian people, Hispanic, and they were like, maybe. And I was like, Hispanic people, yes. I was like, Jewish people. They were like, what are you, crazy? You're white. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, so I kind of was like. Oh, I guess I am, but I don't feel white. I feel Jewish, and there's a difference, <laughs> you know. I there's feel color. Like there's, there's color there. I'm, there's, I mean, certainly, yeah. Well, I mean, I see their point, but I was also like, hey, you want to look diverse? Jews are diverse, you know. That counts, I think. I, whatever, it doesn't matter. Now there's going to be an African American person listening that's super offended by the fact that I thought I was colorful. <laughs> because I'm not. I do have white skin. Could not get whiter, as a matter of fact. But, um, you know, but that's not the same as being waspy. Right. Well, oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, in all honesty. White but the- wasp, I think, is a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It's kind of oh. like the Joe Biden. Old money. Oh, okay. Colonial. Quaker. That kind of, that's waspy. So he wouldn't negotiate? No. <laughs> no, he'd probably just pay. <laughs> Oh my God, we're so off topic. Oh my God, yeah. So anyway, I think that okay. we've covered these two massive topics today. So ladies, if something came up while <laughs> while this was going on, please send it to us apologize. over at <laughs> feedback at ShePodcast.com or you can come over to ShePodcast.com slash eight, which is this episode and you can leave comments on the blog if you want or of course our lovely ShePodcast Facebook group, which is where a lot of the conversation is going on. So um, ask to join. If not, you're not already there. It's super easy. You could just search it on Facebook. Am I right about that? She podcasts and it should come up. It should come right up. So, and then that is only for women, just to let you know, in case we have, we happen to have some male listeners, it is only for women. Uh, alas, we're, we are keeping it, we are keeping it segregated. 
You know what, Elsie? I think if you do a search on Facebook, it just comes up the page first. So what I'm going to do is make it shepodcast.com forward slash group, and that will take you. I'm just going to do a redirect, and that will take you right to where you want to go. Sounds peachy. Love Sounds you guys. Peachy. Yay, we love you. <laughs> we hope we didn't offend too many people. <laughs> but feel free to tell me what a jerk I am. I'm totally, wouldn't be the first. You're not going to be the last. <laughs> All right, see ya. Bye. Sorry, Elsie. That's all right.